fraternal greetings and a warm welcome to you. We're glad that you could join us on the Ashlers podcast, a space for the world's oldest fraternity to shine some light through Masonic paper readings, discussions, interviews, and more. Freemasonry is so old that our lifetime wouldn't be enough to capture its grandeur in the entirety. However, all things great should begin somewhere, and so we are thrilled to start off with season one, which will focus on Freemasonry and its roots in India, one state at a time. As a disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely of the participants and do not represent any official positions including those of any grand lords or constitutions thereof best efforts have been made to keep the conversation on the level for brethren and non masons alike Hey guys, before I begin today's topic, I want to let you know a little something about Hub Hopper Studio. You know, this podcast is hosted on Hub Hopper Studio. That is H U B H O P P E R studio.com. It is India's leading hosting and distribution platform for many podcasts. The platform is absolutely free and it helps me reach out to the right Indian audience. by not only getting it on audio streaming platforms such as Spotify and Google Podcasts but even on Indian platforms such as Gana, Wink Music and many more. Hello and welcome folks to The Ashlers. I'm Shishir and I'm Rinesh. And welcome folks to the new episode that is number 10 in season 1. Season 1 is all about chronicling the spread of Freemasonry in our great country India. and we have covered quite the distance rinesh what do you say oh my god <laughs> seriously actually i think uh, by the end of this season right i am definitely sure that we will understand geography of our country exactly and what's more we would actually you know be in a position to say that you know how masonry has actually spread in this country which is just yes. amazing because until now i never knew a lot of things that we have actually covered through our journey all over the country and there is still so much to cover which is just fabulous so i'm looking forward to the future episodes and those of us uh, you know listeners who have been listening to our podcast i really hope you're enjoying this journey with us so with that our episode today is dedicated to the land of kings rajasthan so yes. why rajasthan well as you all know last episode we covered the whole of you know north india and obviously the next uh, you know stop for us logically is rajasthan and mainly because there's something to do with the indian railways which rinesh will be uh, elaborating on so rinesh over to you hey thanks shishir uh, so when we were looking at the history of rajasthan we realized it obviously has a vast history okay uh, it was technically the site of the indus valley civilization at one point of time the early medieval period saw the rise of many rajput kingdoms and hence at one point of time the major portions of rajasthan used to be called as rajputana later obviously these regions came to the, the suzerainty of mughal empire the mughals granted high positions to the rajput rulers but obviously things started changing 
the mughal rule effectively ended in the 18th century and the maratha influence grew in that region and then finally the british came in the form of east india company now india at that time was divided into two different parts one was british india which was directly administered by the british uh, using through the east india company and obviously afterwards by the uh, kingdom and second were the princely states rajasthan itself had one province which was the ajmer mewar region and 19 princely states the british made several allies with these rulers now the trade in rajasthan till the middle of the 19th century was where roads and that too on animal driven carts but the outbreak of 1857 the india the first indian war of independence and the sepoy mutiny which we call actually put the factor of urgency for those rapid development of roads railways and telegraph lines so that the british actually can inform each other on what's happening it obviously helped them it obviously helped the people as well all in all it's it's a history now there comes the railway now the railway construction was actually linked to create a grand trunk line which is what the british always had in the mind whenever they were thinking of creating those railway lines they wanted to connect the interior part of the countries with the major ports like bombay calcutta and madras so the british government straight away uh, i know they are uh, when i was reading about it they said the word requested but i know for a fact when a government wants to do something they just straight away go ahead and do it so the british government requested to cede the land for railways in perpetuity which includes all the property which may be situated on that land now the native rulers did not welcome this policy but obviously in front of our, the mighty british government especially who wanted to do certain things it was of no use and it took some time but finally back in 1868 most of the rulers agreed to it as a matter of fact within 9 years in 1877 the railway from delhi and agra to bandikui and ajmer were declared open and thereafter every year railway constructions were progressing satisfactorily according to the british shishir what do you think about this you know as you were talking about uh, the british government requesting <laughs> to cede land and again to your point requesting and the british no yeah <laughs> <laughs> right so yeah I, and obviously in some ways i can see how that might be tying into the spread of masonry in rajasthan as compared to say like how we covered in up right in up the mm. royals were Uh, kind of okay with the britishers coming in and even supported masonry in some ways but i yeah. kind of feel you know with this kind of an attitude with the, of the government obviously the kings may not have you know posied up to the idea of even having masonry or supporting masonry in their state hmm. because you know with the british acting in this way and probably if we you know when we come little more forward into the episode we'll realize that the spread of masonry very closely follows the railway lines so in a way the bogey of masonry you know sort of chugged along wherever the britishers <laughs> laid the tracks in in some yes. ways what do you say i i completely agree actually as a matter of fact during our research on searching about all these things which you also found out right mm-hmm. like the way the places like ajmer and then jaipur or the various places in uh, in rajasthan right you will realize how exactly it parallels to the story of how railways came how british wanted to do certain things and how freemasonry spread across true true 
and uh, you know talking about that let's let's see where and all masonry has spread all right um mm. so again like we have alluded to earlier it has followed the railway lines so ajmer actually has the oldest lodge in rajasthan at uh, consecrated in 1889 we have lodge friendship number 47 number 47 under gli grand lodge of india but when it was under the united grand lodge of england it was number 2307 and then we have bandikoi which is another important railway junction like ajmer we have a scottish lodge meaning a lodge which is affiliated to the scottish grand lodge its name is lodge charity number no. 783 and this was consecrated in 1892 just imagine how mm. old this is and bandikoi <laughs> is a small town you know which however has been a very important railway junction um then we have jaipur jaipur has the lodge named kohinoor number 139 but this is relatively new it was consecrated in yes. 1959 and it has two more lodges there lodge zavier number 459 in consecrated 2018 and lodge rajputana 416 uh, 460 also consecrated in 2018 so jaipur relatively has newer lodges as compared to the one in ajmer and mm. the one in scottish lodge one thing about ajmer's lodge though uh, what i have been told is that it's one of the most beautiful lodges in the country uh, mm. you know as per the brethren who furnished information over there and they are very proud about it and why wouldn't they right uh, yes <laughs> let's come to a few other cities um there's something specific about this and me and rinesh have a very important point about this there were lodges which were consecrated in kota that is lodge number 242 this was consecrated in 1980 then we had a lodge in jodhpur named marwad number 301 this was consecrated in 1994 and udaipur had a lodge named karni number 332 this was consecrated pretty uh, you know uh, early in the in this century in fact in 2002 but um, you know these lodges were not able to be sort of you know they, they were not able to sustain these lodges um what we have heard is that the these none of these places had a premise of their own so the brethren found it very difficult to sort of continue or sustain these lodges so as of date what i have been told from a brother these lodges are no longer in existence rinesh you want to bring that up yeah um the, this is weird you know what because when we were looking at these lodges when we saw the list of these lodges there like kota has uh, lodge chambal if i'm not wrong lodge chambal number 242 i like the way they use the name they actually had a good history but somehow look at the way what has happened they did not have a place of their own and they were not able to sustain because trying to move from one location to another ensuring that it uh, ensuring that you actually keep everything in order so that you can have a proper lodge meeting and all it is a task and if if you do not have a place of your own it actually becomes difficult but shishi don't you think so in today's date having a place of our own is a luxury as a matter of fact if we notice or if if you have noticed right if our listeners would have actually understood about these things the freemasons hall around our country most of them are actually old old in the sense of there was a time when land was available it was easier to actually have your rights on them and everything and that is how we were able to sustain 
the newer lodges or the newer places like the newer premasons hall it's a little difficult it needs a lot of effort in ensuring that it happens and at this stage and at this age if we think that we might need a place of our own i think it's a bit difficult so we need to actually find a solution don't you think sushir i completely agree ranesh and my personal experience with you now being part of some lodges or having attended some meetings on my own uh with lodges that do not own their own premise it is quite a bit of a task you have to plan well in advance and it's costly too because you know invariably you will be renting some yes so you know that goes by and then you need to ensure that you're able to cover the cost and in short it's not easy hmm. however to your point ranesh in you know in today's day and age owning any kind of property is not a joke that's right you know it involves a heavy toll financially and i mean legally and all it's a separate story by itself i mean if the titles are clear you don't have to worry mm. much but even then uh, there is a lot of overheads to it so it's not easy in today's time it's a it's a pure luxury so what is the solution right i think that is the point what is the solution in in to mitigate such kind of a challenge i think you know and i'm sure inesh you too will agree on this a lodge by itself is just an empty shell of a building that is all there is to it is just a building mm. you know uh what makes a lodge alive or what makes a lodge thrive it is the brethren mm. who are part of that mm. lodge every brother coming together to do their bit you know i think that is the key true to sustain so a lodge Do you like to elaborate? Absolutely true. You are spot on to that. As you mentioned, right, that you have been, mem- uh, you have been associated with some lodges wherein you obviously have to go and visit them, and then you realize how everybody just works together to make sure that everything works properly, works perfectly. That is exactly what we need in today's date, uh, brethren, listeners. It's not easy to manage certain things, and obviously, and expecting. that an officer of the lodge or the worshipful master of the lodge or the secretary or the treasurer they all will come together and do it i am a member i just need to ensure that i attend the meetings on time uh might be not completely correct uh, i can't say wrong either but it might not be the it might not actually help you give the overall picture the idea is to ensure that you work together like the way he was uh, like the way shishir was talking about the whole railways and the bogies right all of us coming together is what will make sure that a, the transportation of goods are going to happen so the same way when a lodge actually works together they will be able to surpass any roadblocks which they have in spite of the fact that you might not have a place of your own you might be able to find a proper place based on what other members have and everything now to that point itself that is when you shishir me we all have to come together to make sure that our lodge functions that way so when you are a member of a lodge give your best that is help them in whatever endeavors you can in case if you are not able to just be there to give your helping hand and that i think helps us or rather that i think is what is required from the future of freemasonry in our country completely agree and um, you know there's a paper rinish that uh, if you remember i had written about the duties of a freemason in a lodge i think yes. it just goes back to the same you know a uh, uh, point that i raised over there that no matter whether you are in the first second or third degree you are part mm. of the lords and you try to do your bit 
whatever it is sure. even a small thing you know something as small as being on time to the lord's meeting you know that itself is a big thing informing yes. the master whether you are coming for a meeting or not you know so that the master can plan ahead so you know tiny little things but you know at the end of the day the lord is made of people and people who work together as a team not in mm. silos or isolation but work as a team i think that is the key and talking about the future um, you know that's an interesting segue into some very interesting fact i got to know so mm. there's something called a lewis right um so we'll get into the details of lewis from rinesh but let me just share this little fact um so there is a brother akshay who is the son of brother ajay rana he is the first lewis of rajasthan in its history i think that's just amazing i i was you know quite elated when i got to know that fact and such a matter of pride so uh, rinesh do you want to elaborate on what a lewis is for our listeners Yes I will. Uh I I you know when you told me about this that he is the first Lewis I was like wow dude that's like super awesome man you are the first but okay for now for listeners let let me just tell you what exactly a Lewis is. Now in the old in the ancient stone masonry right a Lewis used to be an iron clamp okay or no not a clamp it's actually a cramp I think iron cramp which is forced into a cavity of a stone so that you can lift the stone properly rather than trying to obviously hold the stone or do something you need to actually, you used to kind of like uh, make a small hole a square hole or some portion where you will actually put this cramp so that you can actually lift it using a pulley system and all now in masonic ritual or rather in post in freemasonry what as we use this lewis as a symbol of strength and we associate this word to the son of a freemason why do we do that because the son and in this case i'm not talking about the male gender itself the son and the daughter both are the strength of their parents it is actually said in the olden times it was written that to bear the heavy burden in the heat of day and help your parents in time of need which by reason of their great age they ought to be exempted from so as to render the close of their days happy and comfortable beautifully written to explain what exactly the duty of a lewis is and what is his privilege of being a lewis in some jurisdiction it is said that he can actually be made a freemason before anyone else so in case let's say for example in in between the shishir and rinesh we both have obviously petitioned uh, to join lodge and shishir is actually a lewis in spite of the fact that i actually applied for it maybe on the same day just 5 minutes before him or maybe a day before they will actually give shishir the preference not that saying that i won't become a member i will become a member i may be just behind him that's it and that by the way is not necessary it happens in every jurisdiction and in some cases they actually require the permission of the other per- person as well and sometimes they actually inform the son of a freemason that we are going to do that and if he is okay can we do it or do you still want to go about it and i am not seeing many people actually saying oh, no no i really need to be the first one to do that that kind of shows that humbleness which that person already has and that is what a lewis is all about it is to take care of your parents in the time of their old age which denotes strength and that is the same thing which a lewis in stone masonry used to be that's an interesting insight uh, ranesh and uh, i wonder what it would be like to you know actually be a lewis 
I'm not one for sure, <laughs> nor are you. But uh, yeah. you know, I'm just kind of thinking uh, that would mean that our fathers would have been Freemasons. So yes, you know, being in that family, it would be kind of interesting because I'm sure the uh, ideals of Masonry somewhere down the line will be, you know, coming through in one way or the other. You know, father, you know, sort of disciplining or uh, teaching his son or daughter. So, well, anyway. uh that's something really interesting that we got to know um with that there are a few brethren whom i would like to thank they helped us with our research and as you all know uh, brethren uh, and listeners who have been listening to our episodes consistently all this research is not easy it is heavily dependent on two things um in no specific order though uh, one is google we try to search like you know like crazy on that and honestly there's very little information out there on google also uh renish mm. has a few books that he refers to but we can't completely say that everything comes out of those books either i think the strongest source of our information of late has been the brethren who have been reaching out to us whom we have been reaching out to and they supply information uh, to us and i think in this episode i think everything that we have got is from brethren of rajasthan so uh, with yes. that you know <laughs> with that i would love i would love to thank uh, brother ajay rana from jaipur uh, brother deepak agarwal uh, brother sk chibar brother deepak agarwal and brother sumit kumar who helped me hey, uh, shishir shishir you need to stop there you need to tell the vote of thanks again you said deepak agarwal twice Oh, that is because Deepak Agarwal is there twice. <laughs> okay, I I will let me do it once more. That will be better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remove that part. Huh? All right. Take two on board of thanks. Now coming over to a very special segment of this episode, uh, that is giving the vote of thanks to some very important brethren. Um, you know, listeners, those of you who have been listening to our episodes of late, will realize that. all this research all the information that we share with you um comes through a lot of research and talking to a lot of brethren doing a lot of google search and referring to books and what not but i think off late you know all the information that we're getting is from brethren who we reached out to or brethren who reached out to us hearing our appeals yes. on different whatsapp groups asking for information and they come forward go out of their way and you know have you know calls with us where we you know frantically make notes and uh, you know note down whatever information they're giving us like this episode you know i would say 99% of what we have shared with you has come out of our conversations with such helpful brethren and i think it is they who are making it possible for us and our heart goes out to them uh for giving us that time and information so i would love to thank a few brethren here who helped us along the way for this episode so uh we have brother ajay rana from jaipur brother deepak agarwal brother sk chibar and brother sumit kumar brother sumit helped me with the numbers of all the brethren i just mentioned and i spoke to them took their time and you know noted down all this information so thank you so much brethren for your time and making this episode a reality uh, we look forward to such support for our upcoming episodes as well we'll keep reaching out to all of you on whatsapp uh, groups and emails and at the same time uh, 
if there are any bits of information that you feel we need to correct or add please let us know we would love to ensure that we get the right information and we would definitely call out you know any updates of that sort so feel free to engage with us without fail ranesh over to you hey so finally listeners it's the end of the day for us um it was obviously a really good episode with respect to adding a lot of history about how british actually came to rajasthan and how the railways actually helped in changing the way freemasonry was spread across rajasthan as you heard right that there were only two two places and we feel that the future of freemasonry lies in our hands in shishes mine and you listeners as well uh people who have already joined and people who might be joining us in future or whatever it is whenever you feel like but that future of freemasonry is what the future of humankind also is for me what i always used to feel that this is where we can actually make this world a better place by ensuring those moral values which we have learned in our childhood or the moral values which we learned in our schools and colleges through our friends we inculcate them in our day to day life freemasonry helps us to do that with that rajasthan an amazing place the land of kings unfortunately i've never visited them i must have crossed it i have definitely crossed it but i would definitely would like to visit this uh, the lodge in ajmer and see the beautiful the beauty which they have been telling that this is one of the beautiful lodges which they have known about so i would love to be there and this is all going to happen thanks to us reaching out to them they reaching out to us through this platform and well i i can say shishir one thing thanks to this platform thanks to our podcast right we have been able to interact with so many of them and we have made friends for our life and that exactly is what uh, we like to do with that i would like to thank each and every listeners who have been listening to us regularly listeners who have been listening to us for the first time so please do go out please do reach out to us in case if you feel that there are some information which we might not have added or which we might have forgotten please do listen to our previous episodes if you feel that there are some things which we need to change in that please do reach out to us for that too with that thank you from ranesh and thank you from shishir have a good day everyone oh, you too oh by the way shishir i forgot where are we going next oh yes <laughs> we are going a little south of rajasthan we are going to gujarat Ooh. awesome so place i've been there yep. i can say that at least <laughs> me too i've been to ahmedabad and uh, yeah it was interesting so folks until next time see you and goodbye goodbye well that just about wraps it up folks we sincerely hope that you liked our episode and got a glimpse into the fascinating world of freemasonry and what better way than to hear about it from those who are the humble members of the gentle craft if you have any queries about what we shared on this episode or generally on this podcast or even about freemasonry please check out the show notes for links to the grand lords of india's website or feel free to write us an email please do look forward to the next episode